Hey everyone, Katie and I are really excited about this episode. We just had a blast recording it because we got to talk about some of the things that we're doing to try to maintain a healthy and vibrant sex life in the midst of raising children. Because the fact is, is that we still have quite a few years ahead of us of raising kids. And I can speak for myself when I say that I want a, a good sex life. And I know Katie does as well. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and find it valuable and helpful. And if you do, please leave us a rating or a review. You can just tap on one of the stars and leave a rating. Or if you want to take the time to write out a review, we always love reading those. All right, we'll get this thing going. Hey, I'm Elisha Vopert. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in big families that were fun, impactful, and relationship-rich. Now that we're a family of our own with two young children and our third on the way, there's nothing that excites us more than seeing what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go! Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It has been a great week for Katie and myself. In fact, it's been a big week. We, we're going to get into a pretty fun topic today, but I'm going to go ahead and start with a little bit, with a, with a small announcement. Oh, what's this? Oh, I know what the small announcement is. Yeah. We bought a new car this week. Yes. Yes. Many of you might have known if you follow us on YouTube or on Instagram that we spent all of last week chasing down a vehicle. And the results of that were that we now have uh, a family car. I'd say that this is definitely our new vehicle is a family car. It's awesome. It's a Ford Explorer. And I don't know. It's just like the nicest car I've ever owned because I've only owned one car. And it was a 2011 Honda Fit, which is fantastic in that it's carried us many, many places. And we've made very many good memories there. But the space in the Explorer is just so nice. It really is. So Katie's Honda Fit that she was just talking about has been our family car since, well, since we've been married. Yeah. <laughs> we sold Elisha's car, I think, our first year of marriage. Yep. Because we live close to downtown, grocery stores, outlets. Like, I just walk everywhere I I need to go. Yeah. And it hasn't been a big deal. Um, but yeah, now we have two cars. I didn't realize how crammed we were in that little Honda Fit. Yeah. Oh, my word, you guys. We have, like, pictures or videos on my iPhone of us going down to Southern California to spend a few weeks down there. And we have – we're just jam-packed yeah. in there with baby gear, packing stuff. And then, yeah. like, this surfboard – Every time Elisha would hit the brakes, would hit me in the head. Yeah. Not the safest thing. I don't think that was probably a good idea. <laughs> no. I was not very happy with it. Yeah, but we survived. <laughs> we did. And we survived long enough to dig into a pretty fun topic. We did. We survived long enough to talk about sex online. I don't know how I feel about that. To talk, We're going to talk online about sex. Yeah. Not sex online. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I think we'll edit that out. That's weird. <laughs> okay, so since Katie and I are 
still, I still consider us newlyweds. We've been married for almost three years now. That said, we are, we are due with our third child. So we're going to have three babies in our first three years of marriage, which is pretty fun. I think it's been, I think it's been a blast. I think for every, this is, you know, my own personal opinion, but I think for every baby you have, it's kind of like you go up a hill and down a hill. And so ultimately it makes your marriage longer. Like we've been married longer than just if we'd been married for three years without kids. Nice. As far as like miles. Yeah. It's more mileage. More mileage. I like it. More mileage. That's good. So we're going to be talking about sex after children or sex in the midst of raising children. And it's something that I've really been thinking a lot about because since we're in the similar stage to, um, you know, since we're in the stage of having young children, we find ourselves around other young couples that are in the same stage and the conversation around sex can be certainly discouraging. I think people Mm -hmm. can maybe sometimes have a victim mindset just and make statements along the lines of, well, sex will never be the same now that we have kids. Or they might say things like who has time for sex anymore? Who has time for romance after children or Or you're always tired or yeah, exactly. And it just, they, they, they seem to think that children or raising children become the priority and as a result, they maybe put their marriage and their intimacy on the back burner or they put it on hold. And Katie and I, since the time that I think we found out that we were pregnant with our first child, were really determined to not let that become us. I think we were extra determined because we got pregnant like two weeks after we were married. Yeah. So we didn't want our good sex life to end <laughs> Like nine months after started. we were married. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. And so as a result, I can't, I cannot say that Katie and I's, you know, intimacy was just off the charts from the time we started having babies. But I think that because of our mindset and because we had this expectation and determination to have a healthy life of intimacy in the midst of having children, we've been able to grow and really enjoy um, and have a consistent, vibrant, vibrant um, sex life since having children. Even being in the busiest seasons, you know, our busiest seasons, really maintaining a, a healthy, a healthy life mm-hmm. in that area. I think that the way that we've been able to do that is because of a few different points. And this is this is actually an episode that Katie and I are pretty organized in because I wrote down three points that I wanted to speak to, and Katie wrote down three different points that she wants to speak to. So we're pretty organized, which is kind of fun. Usually. We just get down here and start having a conversation. Yeah, we're pretty organized, and I'm also pretty pregnant. I feel like we're having this conversation at a time where it's like 9 at night, I'm tired, I'm feeling very pregnant, very unromantic. So this is a good case in point. Yeah, I'm glad you're only speaking for yourself because that's certainly not how I feel tonight. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I think that something that I kind of already referenced is – and this has really been important to Katie and I's journey is realizing that sex is always a priority. And I really do think that this is, I guess, found in scripture and it's, it comes from first Corinthians and this, this, I think passage get refer- gets referenced a lot in marriage, but it's talking about husbands and wives. And it says, do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Um, and, and, you know, preceding this verse, it's talking about, it says actually that a, a, a man should have a, one wife and, and the wife should have one woman. 
in order yeah one one yeah the wife should have one husband in order to avoid fornication um and so i think it really is really addressing the sexual desire the sexual appetite as being a real thing you know it's not and it's also addressing it after marriage yes this is in the context of marriage and and so it's saying hey don't deprive one another of of sex unless you've agreed upon it for a specific amount of time and it and it gives you that like a reason to not to not do it and it says if you're going to like give yourselves to prayer so you know don't you can agree to not have sex for a while for an agreed amount of time if you're going to go like pray and fast you know and really find clarity <laughs> so it gives like that's like the scenario that it says to uh that it gives you to not be in you know phys- physical intimacy and so when I had that understanding going into marriage, I knew that this was going to be something that was, it was going to be interesting. It was going to be an ongoing conversation, but the conversation after having children was always in the context of this is a priority mm-hmm. that it, regardless of how tired or regardless of how many children or of how you know busy our life may seem, it goes without saying that sex is going to be a priority for me and for Katie. Just like when, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I'm assuming even if you're in the craziness, crazy, craziest of seasons in raising children, you still find time to brush your teeth. You still find time, obviously, to eat, you know, and to mm-hmm. keep yourself nourished and sustained for life. And similarly, I think that this this thing of marital sex should be prioritized in such a way where you just simply find time for it. Because we've all heard it said that if you want to really see what somebody values you simply need to take a look at their bank statement and their calendar in other words you spend your money and your time on the things that you truly value the most and when katie and i decided that we are going to value this and we're going to prioritize it we found time in our schedule to do it yeah i remember when we were engaged and elisha was going to a men's bible study group at the time and Obviously, we were starting to have these first conversations around sexual intimacy, and you mentioned how a lot of the guys there, you you told me, you said, I want to have a you know healthy perspective of this because I know you aren't going to be as excited about this later as you are now. And I like hated that he was putting that on me. You know, I was like, hmm. just wait, you know, that's not because I didn't have an expectation of once I had kids or once I became a mom, that ending um, but I think culture, it's just so acceptable to not prioritize it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. In and fact, it's just, yeah, it's the rule. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that the men can find themselves in an awkward position and even the women can find themselves in an awkward position where maybe you, the woman doesn't feel as attractive. They don't feel as romantic and as energetic as they did prior to children. Um, and as a result, they're thinking, well, I don't even know if my husband desires me like he did before. And then the husband's thinking, man, I don't want to be pushy and be this lame husband that's being insensitive towards my wife who's in the trenches of raising children and, and taking, care of our, taking care of our children so wholeheartedly. And as a result, it just kind of goes undiscussed sometimes. And there's, oh, yeah. And so I think that that's far more common than not. And you're right. I can remember some of those conversations in that men's Bible study that I was a part of during our engagement season and I was pretty discouraged for my future (laughs) sex life because of these men that had been married five and ten years and how they were talking about 
really just this frustration that they had with their with their wives and it was a you know it was there it was going back and forth between them and their wives where they did not have the same ideal as to what was healthy you know for mm-hmm. as far as frequency for a sex life and I was like man this is this is gonna be a bummer this is not looking good <laughs> yeah and I think that that's a common attitude towards intimacy after children you think man well say goodbye to that Uh, But that's certainly not the case. No, it definitely doesn't have to be. And I just think God did not create sex to be lame after kids. He flat out didn't. If Because here's the deal. He always describes sex, healthy, fulfilling, holy sex, within the confines of marriage. Hmm. And that's where it's beautiful. That's where, you know, anything goes. You know, biblically, as long as it's, you know, within biblical bounds. Yeah. But he wouldn't say, get married. He wouldn't give us this gift of physical intimacy. And he also wouldn't say, have children, be fruitful and multiply. You know, if it was like going to be awful as soon as you had the kids or as soon as you got married or, you know, and I think in our culture, we see sex glorified outside of marriage. Yeah, 100%. Um, Fornication is glorified. Adultery is glorified. The marriage is always the stable, boring relationship. That's right. Once people get married, it's over. I mean, we don't watch it in the movies anymore. We don't care to read about it. We don't care to hear about it. Um, They're just boring and married. And sex is only portrayed as exciting and fulfilling outside of marriage. But that's not how God created it. Hmm. Because he just didn't. (laughs) It's his creation. And I think it's so important to notice that Satan always cheapens what God has created. God is the original creator yes. of everything good. Right. God creates the ideal, and Satan creates the cheap replica. Yes, he distorts it. And I think we need to keep that in mind when culture is selling us this cheap replica of physical intimacy. Our marriages really should be hotter, more creative, sexier than anything we've either seen or heard of or, you know, yeah, imagined, yeah. Imagined. Yeah. Like fantasy should be in our marriage. Yeah. You know, that should be fulfilled in our marriage, yeah. I guess I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, always within the boundaries of God's word. Yes. So I'm yeah. not going to say there aren't things that are wrong. Sure. You know, yes. Yes. when it comes to sex. Yes. But I just think it's so important. And when you think of this in context, when you think of sex in context of our whole lives or our whole marriage, mm-hmm. even if you wait one year to have kids or two years or five or 10 years, you're still a parent way longer than you ever had that one-on-one time with your spouse. Yeah. Yep. That's right. I mean, even if you have one kid, it's 18 years you're actively involved in their life. Right. You multiply that by one or two or you're like my parents who have been married for 25 years and still have a six-year-old in the house. Yeah. Like (laughs) you better figure something out if you want that to be, an awesome part of your married life. Yes, 100%. I know that something that Katie and I are really like-minded in, or maybe I should say we're wired similarly, Mm -hmm. is that whenever we hear people say things like, well, you just can't do that after children. Well, or they say things like, that's just not the same after kids. And that could be in any category. It might be in regards to traveling or to, in this case, uh, you know, sexual intimacy or to physical fitness. Katie and I both almost are thinking, think to ourselves like, oh yeah, like, let's see, let's see if that's the truth or not. And we really like to challenge some of those cultural 
I guess, standards for things like intimacy and physical fitness and travel. Yeah, but it doesn't come out of a, I want to prove you wrong or I want to show you wrong. No. Um, It honestly is like, well, what does the Bible say about it? Yes. And we want to walk in that. That's right. We want to walk in the ultimate blessing that God has planned for us, whatever that is. So it's not coming out of this carnal like oh we want to no i'm not trying to prove anything to anybody i just want to maximize the blessing that god's put in my life and enjoy it to the fullest and i think that that's something that katie and i both went into parenthood with the with that mindset thinking okay we don't know what it's going to be like after after children but we know we're going to be learners and we're going to be growers and we're going to be determined to have a great sex life and if anything i think our expectations were extremely high for a good a good sex life after children Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that way you know right after right after having leon but we didn't just settle we didn't settle for that we didn't take on a victim mindset i think we became learners and growers and we really were determined to continue improving in that area of our life and as a result we certainly have you know up until this day um as you're you know pregnant with our third child and i mean i can just say as the husband here my sex life has never ever 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 been better it, it really is just such a blessing to me that that area of our life has just continued to be a blessing and to and to grow well that's encouraging to hear <laughs> um but yeah i think like you mentioned after leon it wasn't that way right off the bat obviously you go through different stages in your marriage and that's not a bad thing you know there's times when you feel way more attractive or times where it's really exotic and fun Hmm. and elaborate Mm -hmm. and then other times where it's just a lot more you just do it yeah simple (laughs) you you know it's just simple yeah but it's still fulfilling and unifying Mm -hmm. and i think that's important we don't have to throw out the baby with the bathwater if you know, we can't, it's not as grand all the time. Sure. You sure. know, because there are times where it's just like, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> but, you know, there are times where it's just, yeah, simple. Yeah, exactly. And there's, <laughs> and, there, and there's something really sweet about that too. It is. When you're it in is. the parenting there's, season. There's beauty in all of it. Yeah. And when I think about the, this, this job that we have of parenting children and raising up children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and training up children in the way that they should go. I, I once again, I think God designed that to be carried out by two parents, uh, a mother and a father. And if you, I think of the mother father relationship, that husband wife relationship, it really, the defining act of a marriage really, really is the outward act is sex. That's the thing that's, mm-hmm. that separates it from any other relationship here on earth, whether it be Christian or non-Christian, uh, different platonic relationships, this is the one thing that you do with your spouse and your spouse alone. And if you're neglecting that one practical activity, then how are you to act as a married couple in front of your children? And are you going to be parenting them as a united force? And so I think that even though it might, you can approach it in a very carnally minded, you know, the Bible talks about being carnally minded. And you can really approach sex as a carnal thing, just saying, okay, this is just physical. I have this physical appetite, and I want it to be fulfilled. But there is most definitely, most certainly, a spiritual aspect to the sexual relationship between a husband and a wife. And the fact that it's sacred and exclusive and just meant for the husband and the wife, I think, really is a defining factor in how you're going to parent your children as a united couple. I never have heard that, ever actually that that's the one thing that sets a marriage relationship apart well i mean there might be other things too 
<laughs> but I'm just saying like... I mean, it's a pretty big one. Yeah. If there are other ones, that's definitely the biggest thing for sure. Sure. It's like the one thing that I think of because obviously I have female friends out in the workplace or I have female friends... You do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at church. But there's one thing that's that's reserved solely you know, and exclusively for my marriage relationship. And that, that is sex. Wow. That's good. That's, that's thought provoking. And I think too, just thinking about thoughts, a mindset in marriage in parenting and all those things is so important. And I think that's why Elisha and I actually love reading self-development books is because they don't just apply to business. They don't just apply to, you know, growing your, you know, losing weight or managing your diet. (laughs) But they have to do with our mindset. And what are we telling ourselves? Because science proves we can actually create brain grooves in our brain where the same thoughts just run through and create those deep grooves. And it's hard to override those and create new grooves. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what are our thoughts about sex? Maybe we had something happen bad in our childhood, or maybe we can't embrace that God gave this to us for marriage. I know some people have a hard time thinking that it can be pure and holy because they've seen it misused or abused. Mm -hmm. You know what? I think it's just important to think about what do we think when we think about sex? Do Hmm. we think this is God ordained? This is holy. This is a priority. This is so important for building my marriage. Um, I also think, what are we thinking about our spouse? Hmm. Now, I'm married to an incredible man. (laughs) And sex is all-encompassing because a lot of how you feel about your spouse enables you to either really be unified with them physically or it's really a challenge to be unified with them physically. Um, not just how they look or whether you're attracted to them, but maybe whether you're feeling loved or, you know, something like that. I'm not going to get into how attracted I am to Elisha, but if you aren't attracted to your spouse, what are you telling yourself about them? You know, tell them verbally all the time. What do you appreciate about them? What do you see in them that Mm. is good? What do you see in them that's attractive? I feel like Elisha does this a lot with me. Now, I don't know if you'd admit to this or not, but like there are days when like I don't have my makeup done or I do look very large and pregnant and Elisha verbally says what he finds attractive in me. (laughs) And not only does that make me feel more attractive, but I feel like he's telling himself I'm attracted to my wife. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't have to talk myself into thinking that you're attractive if that's what you're alluding to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. I I would have to if I was in your shoes. No, it comes very, very naturally for me to find you attractive. Um, But I also think, too, what are we telling ourselves? And I know that body image, especially when you're going up and down in weight and all kinds of things as a woman, can be really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's a time for sure to just shut it off and let someone else find you attractive. And that can be really difficult, but again, it's a mindset. Hmm. Maybe I'm not okay with how I look. Maybe I don't want to be seen in my current state, but that is what marriage is. It's wholly giving yourself to someone else and letting your spouse find you attractive. Hmm. And um, But I also think that's why overall health, like working out, 
or taking supplements or eating well is so important because it does affect things like your physical intimacy. Big time. Even if it's only in your own brain. Yes. It affects it. Big time. I know for a fact that my, you know, just the way I feel flirtatious with you or energetic and romantic with you is highly affected by whether or not I'm working out or I'm eating healthy or I'm really just taking care of those practical, healthy habits. And, um, and I think that probably goes bo- both ways big time. Oh yeah. You know, it goes both ways big <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. I can be, I can look exactly the same and have done a workout that day and just feel like someone's got to check out this. <laughs> yeah. And that's fun. And I think that just as a husband, it's that attitude is so fun to see in your wife. Uh, because mm-hmm. I always find you attractive, but when you feel attractive, it's so much more playful and flirtatious and you're confident and that really makes it, makes it enjoyable. So I do think that taking care of our health is important for, for that mindset. I think that's really good. And, and you know, just even in regards to mindset, I think that, you know, you know how married couples, now that we're a married couple, we sit back and we critique other marriages, right? Because we've got it all figured <laughs> out. We sit there in our pious little home, look, observing other marriages and everything they're doing right and wrong. You it's know, you do it. so easy to yeah. backseat quarterback yeah backseat quarterbacking <laughs> that's so easy to do anybody can sit in the back it actually seat. sounds pretty hard yeah, it does sound pretty hard uh yeah but it's pretty easy to like armchair quarterback other people's marriages or backseat drive oh thank you man yes. i feel like those were the little sayings you were referring to <laughs> there you go um but something that i have been noticing more and more because you know when you become sensitive to a subject it like starts you know popping out and a bunch yeah, of different like scenarios we see a ford explore every five minutes on that the road. is bizarre it's blowing my mind how many ford explorers are out on the road <laughs> yeah. i didn't realize we bought the most popular car in the world yeah. but it just became popular this week it's the so same the crazy. same week that we bought our car it just became popular it's crazy how that works uh but some language that i've been hearing in other young married couples or not even young married couples but married couples that have young children um, is really just this mindset of, Hey, well, sex isn't important anymore. And again, that's coming back down to mindset. And I think Mm -hmm. that culture is going to, especially secular culture is going to advocate that because Satan is working through culture and he's going to do everything he can to tear a marriage. And so doing tear families apart. And if he can get between you and your spouse and your sex life, he's going to do that a hundred percent. And so I see a lot of women, say, well, I need to take care of my children now. So they prioritize their children over their husband for what they might think is a small season. They might be telling themselves, well, this is just a crunch season. You know, my baby's teething right now. And so they're not sleeping mm-hmm. a lot. And I really need to just give extra care to my, to my, to my child, or we're trying to wean them off, you know, nursing. And I, so I just need to give them extra care and attention. And then all of a sudden a year goes by and then two years go by and then five years go by where you're full-time mommy mode and you're like a retired lover. It's like you're, you've retired from being a lover to your spouse. Oh, yeah. When I think of like since we've been married, I mean the first four months I was vomiting every day <laughs> constantly with Leon. Yeah. You know, that's our first four months of marriage. Yeah. And then – the, I felt like the second half, I was like gigantic and bloated and my back hurt and I was tired. And then we had him, yeah. you have the postpartum season yeah. and then he's teething right. like crazy. You're trying to sleep train yep. and then he starts teething. You're just exhausted. Mm-hmm. You really are there. That's real. And then I'm pregnant again and vomiting. Like that's literally been our last three years. Yes. If you, if you wanted to take excuses. Yes. 
A hundred percent. I guess there's always excuses with kids. That's right. That's right. But there's excuses without them too. Yeah. It's just flat out. There's always. Right. That's right. And as a man, as a Christian man, you want to be sensitive to the needs of your wife. And so you're thinking, okay, she's tired. She's caring so, so, you know, wholeheartedly for our children. The last thing I want to do is be needy and to feel, you know, and to make her feel like she needs to, you know, be serving me in this way too, because she's got so much on her plate. But again, even referring to that passage, you that you're still in that marital relationship and the husband still has those desires. He's got that appetite and his wife is the person that's keeping him from being tempted to fornicate. And And it's not just an appetite with guys. I think the appetite gets brought up a lot. It's literally a physical need. Yeah. At a certain point. Yeah. And and again, I'll be the first to say that we have self self control is a fruit of the spirit and this is the spirit of god that lives within us and so if you're not manifesting self control then it's highly questionable whether or not you've got yes. the spirit of god living within you so this is not to say that men or that me have have excuse to just live in sin or to be dominant and to be controlling of our wives and to not be sensitive no. we've got yeah. full we've got self control in jesus christ but i do want to say just in that whole context if God really intended for sex to go away after kids or to become less regular after kids even, the sex drive, the sex drive would become less regular. Sure. Now, for women, I feel like it's all over the map. I know there are men out there with way lower sex, sex drives. Why is that so hard to say? Than their wives, too. Um, but like yours, for instance, hasn't changed regardless of whether we didn't have a baby yeah. or had a baby right. or have three babies, Yeah, you know? And so I just think when you look at how God designed us, that just keeps right on trucking. Yep. And we're talking about this as Christian marriage. Yeah. So obviously I have a husband who wants to, you know, live out his God given role as a, as a husband. And it's never like demanding or, forceful or you know I'm never made to do something I don't Mm -hmm. want to do and I think that's um, something we've assumed yeah but something I do want to clarify because there are a lot of unhealthy relationships out there Mm. um I wanted to touch on real quickly that our bodies are not our own our culture is so big on independence and that's just not what God says here it says in Corinthians first Corinthians Seven, four, the wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise, also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. And I feel like if I said this to a lot of people, this would be so untolerated. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important. We actually have to read what God's word says. Yeah. Because it's like, what? The wife hath not power after over her own body. Right. Like, and every feminist goes crazy. Yeah. But I'm, this is just in the context of a healthy Christian marriage. Right. Where it is sacrificial both ways, but it's also fulfilling both ways. Oh, yeah, big time. Anyways, but I think it's just important, too, that physical intimacy is never off the table. Yeah. For Elisha and I. Yes. It's never something that's just a no. Yeah. There are times when Elisha's wise enough <laughs> to be like, I'm not going to push it, <laughs> but I wouldn't, I wouldn't reject him if, if, even though I wasn't feeling the same way. Yeah. And I think that's important 
Um, I obviously don't know how guys think, but something my mom says was when you're rejecting your husband, you're tearing down him as a person. You're not just rejecting the act of sex. And I don't know what you would say to that, Elisha, but I know as women, we sometimes think differently about these things. And (laughs) well, I don't know if I have anything to say because I've never been rejected by you. Maybe I'll have to reject you and see nah, what your thoughts are. Nah, I'll just take your mom's word for it. Uh, but God writes in so many verses of the husband's dwelling according to their, or dwelling, oh man. Sorry, dwelling Dwell with their wife. according to your wife according to knowledge. Yes, yes. So I didn't marry a tyrant. I'm not marrying, like I mentioned before, a guy that's going to demand anything from me. Mm-hmm. This is in a healthy relationship yes, yes. that I wouldn't reject Elisha. Right. Um. But then one other thought is that sex should never be used as a punishment. Hmm. So even when Elisha and I are upset or something like that, if he still wants to have it or if I still want to have it, we don't withhold that from each other. Sure. As a form of punishment. Yes. Wow. That's good. Huh. How do you feel, Katie, about this? (laughs) I don't know. I feel like we've known you guys for a lot longer than we have. After this conversation, yeah. After yeah. this conversation, yeah. The, it was it was fun to talk about. I mean, I, it's one of those things that I just want to continue to be. A, I want to be a lifelong student in regards to marital intimacy and getting better and to being more of a blessing to you in this area of our life. And I would just I want that to be the case for all Christian marriages because I just think mm-hmm. it's a defining factor in the health of a marriage. And healthy marriages are so important. It's what God wants, and, and it's what starts a healthy family. And that's ultimately what changes culture and, uh, you know, and so doing changes the world. And so, yeah, I'm really, you know, inspired about this subject right now and just learning more and more. Yeah, it it was just inspirational to go back and read some of those verses for me personally and to just address some of this because it reminds me of how important it really is. Yeah. And how I do want to just continue to learn and grow. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I know that we're going to both be getting better at this. High five. That was a good high five. All right. Are we doing another one? Sure. Let's do another high five. All right. That was bad. Okay. One more time. That was all right. Anyways, uh, folks, thank you for listening to this episode. Katie and I are not experts in this area. Anything. In anything. I don't know. (laughs) We might be in something that we don't know about. Um, We're certainly not experts in this area. We want to be growing. We want to be learning. And we just hope that you guys are encouraged to do the same, to learn and to grow and to pursue the Lord as a married couple and to see all the blessings and experience all the blessing, blessings he has for you in your marriage. Thank you for listening, and uh, be sure to give this podcast uh, a rating or a review if you haven't already, because we always appreciate that. And we'll be talking to you next week. Bye-bye.